Welcome to the Sunday Brunch Podcast. We have a great show for you today. Marty's going to talk about how he really hates event planning. I'm going to talk about my new recent obsession with Masterclass. We're also going to talk about the LA Superior Court, COVID variants, some side effects with the vaccine. We're also going to talk about this new social media platform, Clubhouse, and its recent data breach, as well as Facebook's recent data breach. We're also going to talk about the massive chip shortage here in the United States, as well as the Supreme Court decision on the long trial between Oracle and Java. All this and more coming up on the Sunday Brunch Podcast. Enjoy. Hey, and good morning. It's time for brunch. Uh, I hope everyone has had an incredible week. I I know that I am just, I'm always excited for this show. How are you doing, my friend? How how has your week been? Uh, the week is, it's, we're still in Groundhog Day. Um, it's still <laughs> nice weather, uh, still kind of the, the, the regular grind, but I don't have too much to complain about, actually. I, I can see uh, us going into more beautiful weather and more of the grind, but probably going to lessen on work here soon. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> is, it, is it starting <laughs> to come down since, since the students are getting ready to leave? I'm, I'm around the climax right now. And so I know that everything after a week or two is going to start being on the other end of that. And then I will start to feel better. So um, I'm, I'm pretending as if I don't have to deal with the more the, the, the the more time-consuming parts. It'll be good. It'll be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Are, uh, are, are, are you doing anything for graduation this year? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end answer to that. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for those of you who don't know, when, when it's graduation time, uh, Marty always, like, he's always like, he's he, it always seems like you enjoy it, but the work required to get it done always seems like it's more substantial every year and everyone has an opinion on graduation. Everyone does have an opinion on it. And if anybody ever asked for somebody who had skills in event planning, that's not me. Um, ironically, when you're doing a virtual graduation, there's not much event to plan. I, one, I shouldn't say that. People, people have their opinions on this. Uh, I like that part, though, because I don't like talking about, you know, what kind of catering and what kind of chairs and what kind of, um, you know, seating setup and what I that I'm not a wedding planner. I'm not an event planner. I, I hate those kinds of questions. They give me anxiety. You had a pretty planned out wedding, if I remember correctly. It was quite well done. Uh, who between you and your husband was more of the planner? It, it was it, so it was definitely me. Um, so so my my husband was, you know, very like let's make it simple, let's make it easy. And, and and I was like, okay, simple and easy to me was what my, what I thought my wedding was, but, um, but there was, but, but there was still lots of details. Um, lot of detail. and, and, and it was very funny because, because I, I hate planning uh, events, but I really like the details. And so I look at it as like any sort of project. So, so when I work on technical projects, so all the time, so I looked at a wedding, it was like, I had my project plan. I had my team members, we had standups, I was in regular communication. And so, and so uh, my, my, when, when you're planning a wedding, you sort of meet with the staff and, and, and we had a great coordinator at the hotel who was sort of like a wedding planner for the hotel. And uh, the my, my husband, the look on my husband's face when we're making some of these decisions was, was comical because it was like, what kind of chargers would you like? And he's like, what's a charger? And then, and, then, and then she comes out with all the napkins. How do you want the napkins folded? He was like, you can have different folds of napkins. I was like, well, this looks very elegant. I think we should do that. What about the stones and the vases? We have a, a wide variety of color stones. My husband was like, just, just, just ask him. Just ask him. I, I, I have no idea. You know, this. It's so, it's so. Yeah, I can see where it could get very overwhelming. Then food, and when do you want the food to come out, and everything. And some people are very picky about it. And and so, and so, be you know, you know, between the two of us, uh, he kind of said, I think, kind of the bride in this situation because he's really very. He has this vision of what it should be. And so, um, and the food. Uh, I mean, you were there. I mean, the way the food was presented, I wanted it done in a very particular way. And so in the seating chart, it was like, who sits here? Who sits there? I mean, uh, it's a very overwhelming process, but but I love the final outcome of it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that there's kind of a project management personality that goes into all of these kinds of, of events. And I'm not that person. Yeah. I, 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 I really respect people who have that skill set. Um, but I'm more like your, your husband. 
where I'm like, let's be simple. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but let's be simple. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I so I got a question for you. Have you I I I've I've recently gotten obsessed with Masterclass. Have you have have you seen that? I've seen the previews for it. Okay. Um I've seen the everything in life is a negotiation. Oh, oh or with, with a Chris Voss, yeah. Yeah, or um people ask me how to write. Writing isn't just a one day activity. Writing is something you come back to all the time. Like I I, I like all these and I feel like I'd be inspired. Um, and I've also seen that there are a number of YouTube videos up about people who've purchased a masterclass for someone. It's kind of like an unboxing mm-hmm. for a masterclass for you so that they do the review and tell you what's basically in it as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm just fascinated from the outside. Uh, I'm curious on, on what your experience is. Have you done them? Well, I, I, I had a membership early on and... Then in the pandemic, I decided to sort of just check out when I so so when I run, I I'll, I'll watch something on Netflix or watching Amazon. I think we've talked about that in the early episode, in, in in early episodes because I just kind of want to space out. I think during the pandemic, I'm like I just need to escape and watch Sopranos or or, or watch something like that. And I I was like I was like I really need to catch up on my masterclass because I kept adding things. Um, but if you don't know who Anna Wintour is, she's the one that uh, runs Vogue. And I, 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 her name kind of popped up in the masterclass and I was like, I really, really, really want to watch this. And so it's all of her like behind the scenes and like her leadership style and everything. And I was like, what an incredible woman. And I just find it extremely fascinating. Like when I'm on the treadmill, my hour goes by really, really fast and the way they, it's beautifully filmed and then they have very practical things, and so. But I found I find it just so fascinating. And, and and you really like fashion shows in in kind of the yeah. the clothing industry. But you see how she conducts a meeting, and I'm like, it's incredible. And she talks about uh, change and leadership and running meetings and engaging your team, and and you get to see a meeting at Vogue about different things and um, the Met Gala and in in the in, in how she how she took it over the years to kind of transform it, everything else that I find Masterclass to be like one of my guilty pleasures. So, so so whenever I go for a run, I'm like, I need to use this time to learn. And so and and Chris Voss was great. I mean his his class on negotiation is is excellent and gordon ramsay's on there and there's a number of people on that that are on there that, i would be that are... worried taking a master class from gordon ramsay though i've seen him blow up in hell's <laughs> kitchen i i is is anna wintour like meryl streep's portrayal of her in the devil wears prada i don't think so um she at, at least what you see on the class and in, in the way you see her in meetings i mean she is really direct but I, I think in, in it seems like to me in that business and what she and she sort of speaks about in the master class how, you know, when men are direct, it's interpreted one way. And when women are direct, it's interpreted very differently. Um, and she, 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 she looks like an incredible leader. And, and, and there was actually a section that I really enjoyed where, where she was saying that there was an article about her about people who are interning or interviewing with her, what they chose to wear. And, and she was really funny. She goes, I don't even remember what they wore. She goes, because I'm more interested in them and their attitude and what That's they bring cool. and, and everything else like that. So I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. But I, uh, in, in Masterclass, if they more, if they ever want to sponsor the podcast, would absolutely love it. Um, I heard about it from another podcast that they that they were a sponsor. And so it, it's a great collection. And to have these experts, like I, I really want to take Steve Martin's class on comedy because I find that- That would be funny. Yeah, that yeah. that 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 it'd be good. Are you marathoning through, through anything right now? Um. You mean just watching and like binging kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Are you binging anything right now? I, I don't have the time, but yeah. I am. Is a guilty pleasure watching different episodes of The Crown still. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I got started after the the Harry, you know, the the Harry Meghan Markle interview. Yeah. And now I, I mean, we, we're seeing in the news everywhere that um, the the Duke of Edinburgh, um, Prince Philip. Yeah, just passed. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like even though I have no idea, I didn't know who this person was before because I paid zero attention to the royal family. Uh, and this wasn't, you know, the, the figure that you'd see in the press over here very much that I feel like I know him now because of the two different actor portrayals that I've watched on Netflix, even though that's it has. I mean, I have zero idea how close that actually comes. But that's yeah, that's that's the one thing that I've I've been trying to watch a little bit more. Um, but I don't have a ton of time. It's kind yeah. of like, ugh, grind. <laughs> still, still making this work. 
Well, I, I find myself like like going back and forth between I need to stay current on what's going on in the land of podcasts. So I have like a time to listen to podcasts and then I have my time where I'm like, okay, I'm on the treadmill, I'm working out, I need to spend some time doing healthy things, but then I'm like, I could also be learning something. So so I'm like trying to fit all this stuff in to try to have a- You're good. Yeah, you I'm, are, I, I'm I mean, trying. you are a Renaissance man, for sure. <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> so, uh, but but also this week, I, I don't know, I don't know if this happened to you, but like this week Google was having problems and I, I, I die uh, work-wise when Google Drive doesn't work or Google Docs or Google Pages. Oh, but yeah. like, but like th- 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 this week I had a couple days where it's like, I couldn't copy a file and I was having problems with Google meeting. And I'm like, in this environment, it's like, it is so frustrating when you can't, these tools do not work at a virtual space. Yeah. It's like, I can't, yeah. I can't copy a document. This is killing me. <laughs> My work computer, the Outlook Zoom connection is always unhappy. So it often takes me five minutes to start my first Zoom meeting of the day while everything else going on. So I am often late. I'm getting text messages from everybody and then it shuts down. <laughs> it just stops on me. So I do like a warm up beforehand now to make sure that everything is gonna be okay. Clearly it's it's my fault. I've got too many things running on, on my work computer, but um, yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Technology fails are not, not now. They're, you know, like when I have internet brownouts or, you know, the power in, in the cable line goes down for whatever reason, um, that's an emergency. Like I want to call my my service provider and be like, you don't understand. Of course they do. Everybody's in the same boat in the neighborhood. They're all working from home. But I want to, you know, like give them the moral imperative. You can't understand how important this is. There are people whose lives depend on this. And that might be true. It's not really that dramatic for me. I just feel that dramatic about it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, if there's even the smallest blip and, and it's also like, I, I don't know about you, but when you call into a meeting now, it's like people are like, oh, gross, like like because you because you're not on video. So it's almost this, it's almost this expectation that you you are on video. Yeah, you're not allowed to call into a meeting. And a lot of people do the I don't know if this is also true in your work. Um, a lot of people turn off their camera. Uh, they yeah. show up with their camera on to prove that they're there and then they shut it off and what they're eating or drinking or who knows what they're doing. Um, I'm guilty of this as well when, yeah. when I can. Especially big meetings. I'd never want to show my face in a big meeting. And and I'm okay with them not watching me eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, I, oh, I, 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 I will turn my camera on. Yeah. I, I will turn either. my camera off. I mean, I, I don't want them to be watching me. Or or people who eat carrot sticks while they're on camera. I'm like, do we need that. to watch this? <laughs> or hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people, you know who's not going to understand how to turn their mic off or turn their, <laughs> turn their, uh, their mute button on. Oh, man. I'm, one of my favorite, favorite favorite things was was a lawyer who had gotten on uh to present a case to the judge and he had someone's cat uh oh yeah screen yeah. filter uh and he says i am not a cat <laughs> to the judges if he was a revelation you know like really i i am not happy <laughs> like it wasn't this moment of of self-discovery or actualization. It's like, I am not a cat. <laughs> the judge is like, I could see that you're not really a cat. <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments of reasons. I, I, I have a friend of mine who's a, who's a, who's a judge. And he was telling me that, uh, he and they're and they're doing which I think this is really good is is a, is they're doing everything over Zoom so it's far more accessible for witnesses and for people to participate in the process they don't have to drive to downtown Denver to uh, participate in the case and, and he said there there was one where he goes I get on and the attorney's in a bathrobe and he goes <laughs> he goes all of us are kind of looking at him and he was like he was like do you want to take a moment and get dressed and he goes, he goes in, in the, in, and I guess the lawyer was like, took a pause for a moment. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, I guess I can, if, if that's needed. He goes, it's needed. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, there was no embarrassment by this guy or anything. He goes, there's six other people ready to go. And, th- and this guy's wearing a bathroom. He's like, you probably should look a little bit more professional for this. Probably. You know? That's if, if someone's telling you that it's, it's already way too late. You cannot get that respect back. <laughs> You know, it's a really interesting point you brought about the courts, though, because in L.A., it's very much based on the jurisdiction of the local court. And so L.A. Superior Court, which is quite large, has a huge backlog of cases, always has cases. Um, They had put a postponement on cases for I don't remember how many months, like eight or nine months when when the outbreak hit or maybe six months when the outbreak hit. And then they decided um, 
everybody needs to be sent a jury summons and uh, serve on jury duty to meet the backlog during the time of our worst COVID surge in the country, in the worst state in the country, that they have this massive, you know, LA superior. So I went to look online to see, okay, does this make sense? Because they claim, I, you know, I assure you that we have all the precautions taken necessary to keep you safe and healthy. So they show someone scrubbing down the glass with glass cleaner, like this is gonna do it for you. Because we know that that's not really the way that it spreads anyway. So there's a Twitter uh, handle, something like, or Twitter uh, account, I think it's LA Court Watch or something like that. We have people who go in as watchdogs and take pictures of what it looks like in the in LA Superior Court. And people are, have, are wearing chin diapers instead of masks. And they're standing in very crowded spaces. And they had a problem, the court reporters, a number of them died over the period of a couple weeks. And because they couldn't take the time off work and there have been pleas to just go over virtual, do this in Zoom format. And they keep saying, I assure you, we're taking all the necessary precautions. We're taking all the necessary precautions. And I don't know what happened after the month of January. I had lost track of it. But a friend of mine recently was summoned. And now they're they're being more forceful for, I guess, bringing people in, which still makes no sense to me. Because a lot of these places can do this over Zoom perfectly well. But because a few have to decide, and especially if they believe that everyone's making a bigger deal out of this than they need to, or doesn't quite understand the implications of it, I mean, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of people across LA County have been asked to serve on juries as of late. And I know I, I was sent a notice and didn't end up having to, but crazy, crazy. And yeah. I think unnecessary. Yeah. Well, I, I and, and I think, and, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this, you know, you know, here in Colorado, you know, lots of good news about the, the rollout of the vaccinations and the number of vaccinations that are going out. But I, I just be, you know, right now, the, the conversation around variants and the concerns around variants is is huge in Colorado. And then also, uh, a, a, there's still a lot of fear about about vaccines and around right. blood clots around vaccines, everything. I, I was just kind of curious, what, what what is your take on on variants and sort in sort of this this growing vaccine concern? Yeah. So, again, I, I, I like to remind, like, I'm not a physician. I'm a scientist by training in not, I mean, this isn't even my forte, but um, I've read a ton on this because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, it looks like the, in terms of the vaccine side effects, um, the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, in Europe, it's not distributed in the United States. And I think we decided to not distribute it actively in the United States, but um, they found, I want to say like maybe 50 or 60 cases where blood clots have spontaneously formed in people who've received the vaccine. And that can be really dangerous. Um, it can block the lungs. It can block, um, it, it can travel to the brain. Uh, and like those, those are big emergencies and they can certainly be fatal. So uh, for a while, they were, weren't sure that the vaccine was causing blood clots. And now they're certain that some people develop blood clots and they're not sure why. And, you know, maybe like, both women and men have it. They don't necessarily have to have a pre-existing condition, but they might have a pre-existing condition. They're playing that whole game of, of just not really being sure with what it is, but it certainly affected the difference in the European rollout versus the American rollouts, because a lot of countries had contracts with AstraZeneca, whereas in the United States, we're Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. So we didn't, Johnson & Johnson had some issues with like a batch that had gone bad. And I think their, their, um, their delivery and their support their supply was really the problem, not that it was the faulty product. But AstraZeneca, there's like they've they've been plagued with things for a while, and and so the European surge they're expecting to last much longer than the surge is going on in the United States. I mean, a lot of it is because of the problems with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which can happen. What I find interesting about the blood clotting issue with the AstraZeneca vaccine, and it could be completely uh, coincidence, or it could be something that's causal or correlative, uh, is that the, the blood clot that happens is something that we also see in post-COVID survivors. So not, yeah, when you have COVID too, there could be blood clots that form, but it's not that uncommon if you are otherwise healthy and had mild symptoms that way later, like a month-ish later, you start to get blood clots. So there might be something about the spike protein itself that triggers a reaction 
even though the spike protein isn't related to any other structures, it's not multiplying in your cells, it's just a spike protein that causes some kind of immune response in your blood vessels that relates to a clot in some people. Um, we don't know. And it's completely hypothetical. And they're trying to figure this out with AstraZeneca. And we're, we don't even know why it happens in the post-COVID patients who no longer have the virus showing up in their body or we don't believe have showing up in their body. Uh, but it's something to pay attention to and to be thankful for that. I'm not sure it's because of more due diligence on the, the American side of the house. I don't think that's the case. Uh, but I, I feel somewhat lucky that on the American side uh, that the vaccines that we are working with don't have that particular uh, issue. I, I mean, when you got vaccinated and you said you got vaccinated very recently, did you worry? Did you have any fears? Did you think like, uh, what if I'm the one who's got this strange reaction? I think so. I had read I had read a number of articles from people who were saying, and and so when I signed up, they said you're going to receive the Pfizer vaccine, and so and and for me, it was a little it was it was a little overwhelming because people were saying your first one is the worst, your second one is the worst, both of them are bad. If you have flu-like symptoms, it means it's working or. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you have soreness at the injection site, then that means it's, I mean, I heard a little bit of everything and I, I and you kind of described your experience is that you reacted so much differently than, than I did. And, and I, I think that probably goes back to what you're saying about, we're not sure about how the spike protein reacts to people. Cause, because for me, I, I, you know, on my first one, I mean, I, it felt like somebody socked me in the arm and my, and my arm was so sore that when I rolled over at night, it would, it would sort of wake me up. Um, mm -hmm. and it, and that was my first one. And then I was a little tired, but it wasn't that big of a deal. And, and it could have been because I was staying up watching that stupid Justice League Snyder cut. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure it was exactly that. Right. But then w when I had my second one, it was like I, I was sore, but otherwise I was fine. So I, I really didn't react. It, it didn't seem like anything much different than like a flu shot, you know? Yeah. Um, I was I had already been through it. So I'm like, bring it on. Uh, but then it sucked for the second shot for me. <laughs> and I thought about it, like, what if I get a, even though the Pfizer doesn't seem to have any kind of, uh, you know, counterindication or, or warnings or contraindication or warning for um, uh, a blood clot. But yeah, you know, I, I was kind of, cause I was thinking about it. My mind races a lot with that kind of stuff. You know, frankly, I'm I'm a big proponent of the vaccine. I hope everybody who can gets it. Uh, but it's also true that um, the I think the Pfizer and the Johnson and Johnson are are surprisingly effective and safe, mm. like so effective and safe from what we understand so far. Um, that being said, we are seeing that as more people are being vaccinated, we're also seeing some surges across the country. And I mean, I've talked about this before, but have you been have you been paying attention to these surges? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, we, we've we've even seen an uptick in hospitalizations here in Colorado. And 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 you might have to help me out because because I don't know is it is it what we've been experiencing? You know, it's is it is it the same COVID nineteen or or are variants in you know you know sort of in play with this? Yeah, you know, every day there's a news story that says such and such vaccine effective against the South African and Brazilian variants such and such vaccine may not be as effective against the South African and Brazilian variants. And it's the same one you just read the story on the day before. Um, it, they're basing it off of an antibody response. And it, it looks like, you know, if, if, the, if the proteins that are created from the virus are altered and the antibodies that your body created were shaped to fit something that was a slightly different key, yeah, it might not bind as well. It might not be able to neutralize it very well or as well. And the more mutations, the scarier. So remember, there was like the, the they call it the India mut double mut mutant that they found in Northern California. Um, those do present some concern. And we have found what's called breakthrough cases where um, if you have both vaccine doses of Pfizer and Moderna, or if you have the singleton dose of Johnson & Johnson, if you then get COVID-19 after that, that is considered a breakthrough case. And those are the, the criteria. And it had to be two weeks after you were fully vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are being very actively monitored right now. Across the world, they're being very actively monitored. And they happen. They do happen. The, the, the thought is that you know the cases that break through are probably because of a variant, if they are, although that's not completely certain. But I think some data from Israel has suggested that's the case. Um, and that 
usually the cases aren't severe. Usually they're mild because if they have, usually they're mild anyway, but they're almost always mild in that case. For um, the outbreaks that are taking place everywhere right now, especially in the United States, um, you know, you, you have a hot spot like Michigan. In Michigan, a lot of the spread is from the UK variant. And the, so there is a variant involved. It is more contagious and it, it causes more damage in general. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tougher course of disease. Um, California, when we had our spike back in December, January, uh, we had our own variant, which was a big part of that spike. And it was more contagious, not necessarily more dangerous. So one of the things that we believe maybe is happening that having a more contagious variant that isn't as damaging kind of protects you because it gives you a certain amount of immunity. Maybe it's not fully because it's not the exact same conformation of, of virus protein, but enough that it doesn't spread at the same level. So if you had 60% of the population with a more contagious, less harmful variant, or now you've, you, you've got in that 60% of the population, maybe you've got 80% protection. So that prevents the other ones like the UK or the South African or Brazilian variants from coming in and being more damaging and more contagious than the other ones. So it could be that some, in a very paradoxical way, variants have a protective lasting effect after they've spread through a population. And Michigan didn't, we don't believe, had that. You know, they, they had, with everybody else doing their vaccine rollouts, um, people, whether they were vaccinated or not, were like, hey, we're open for business again. And most of the people who are getting sick, mo like not even kind of, the, the way huge majority uh, of people that are getting sick are ones that aren't fully vaccinated. And it's because it's we believe that the behaviors have changed where the protection level hasn't. So people are much more open to doing things in a, in a non-protected way or an unprotected way. And, and I think that that's what most public health folks are, are citing as a reason. We will learn more, but clearly I've had some thoughts and opinions on this. I just went off on this for a very, very long time, but I'm always following, you know, the, the 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 vaccines and what do we know now and what's it looking like currently. So, um, yeah, I, I I think that we're going to learn more uh, as this goes on and kind of have to be patient with the the I don't knowness of everything because there is still a lot of I don't knowness of it. But if there were some take home messages, they would be. If you're not vaccinated, you don't have the same freedoms. Just think of it that way. That that vaccination protects both you and others from you very, very much. It doesn't mean that other people being vaccinated means you're invincible. The next is that um, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson are pretty safe, as far as we know. Um, AstraZeneca has some stuff that they're investigating. Still, 60 out of how many thousand people or maybe millions of people that were vaccinated is a very, 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 very low number. Worth checking out, but not necessarily believing that you know, it's, it's it's the it's it's something that is is show stopping. It's it's something that has to be investigated though. Um, and the third part is the variants do seem scary, and they can prolong the effort. But any kind of vaccine and any kind of previous exposure will be somewhat protective, if not very protective, against even the variants. So you have double mutant if you have a single mutant, whatever it is you might have instead of 100%, you might have 80%. And that can still give us herd immunity. It just might prolong things a little bit more. And for those people that aren't vaccinated, it's you're gonna, where you're gonna really see those effects. And, and for those of us that, that, that don't know, how do these variants, how do these variants sort of occur in these different regions? What, what causes them? It's normal that they mutate. So viruses mutate all the time. A very, very high rate of mutation where you get, you know, they're made of what we call nucleic acids. And they end up, they're kind of unstable structures and they're made of amino acids. And all you need is one amino acid to be substituted or to be uh, just shifted. You need, you need one of your, um, one of your uh, bases to be substituted. And then suddenly changes an amino acid, which changes the protein. And it's like putting a kink in your hanger. You know, it might not be the exact same shape it was before, but it's close. Well, the more time something lives, the more time it has to mutate. This thing, every time it infects a single human, 
imagine how many thousands of times this thing is mutating or hundreds or maybe even 10, but how many millions of people have been infected. So that's an opportunity every time. So if you happen to get one that becomes a slightly more contagious variant, well, that'll start to spread more and more, and then you have other opportunities for it to mutate. Uh, one of the interesting stories that came out was, um, and I know I'm rambling here, one of the interesting stories that came out was there were folks that had been in um, long-term care for severe COVID treatment in the hospital, and they had given them uh, the anti-sera from people that previously had it. And one of the studies had shown that you know, they, they kept giving the anti-sera anti to help the convalescent plasma for people that previously had it for their antibodies to act on the ill person to see if that helped them heal. Well, they would take the virus and sequence it before and after the plasma. And it was after they gave the plasma that suddenly the contagious variant started to evolve. So essentially, it's like taking antibiotics for one day instead of the full course of days. So what's ever left over are the strong bacteria, and then they multiply more, and that's what you get. So when you did the convalescent plasma treatment in this patient or these couple patient case studies that came out, you kind of removed the one-off variants that were happening inside the body and you removed all of the variants that had um, that were going to be eaten up by the antibodies. And now you had the more resistant ones that left over and they multiplied like crazy and then those spread. And so it actually could have been paradoxically, again, that our, that our efforts to treat people could have led to some of this, uh, so, some of the uh, propagation of the variants. So that's a really interesting story. Stay tuned, we'll learn more on that. And Stay tuned, we will be back shortly um, after a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Wet Panda Dry Bags. You know, it's pretty basic to think about dry bags, but it's so important. You know, when we're headed out to paddleboard or we're headed out to hike, um, I reach for my dry bag all the time because, you know, I have a digital camera, I have different equipment with me, and I am not always confident that my backpack is completely waterproof. So I just tuck it into my dry bag and I know that it's going to stay safe. And I even pack a wet panda bag in my gym bag because, you know, if I'm swimming, I can toss my swimming suit into the dry bag and close it up. And I know that the rest of my bag isn't going to get wet and nasty. So check out Wet Panda. They are exclusively sold on eBay. Just search Wet Panda dry bags and look for that panda paw. Thank you so much, Wet Panda, for your sponsorship of the Sunday Brunch. And welcome back. Uh, Matt and I were just talking about vaccines, variants, uh, the dangers of being alive in today's world, and uh, the evolution of of spikes and proteins and such. But I, you know, I, I have to say that I'm feeling myself much better about not uh, stressing out when I see other vaccinated folk. And I, I, we've mentioned this before. Um, how are you spending your time more now that you've been double vaccinated? I, so I, I'm still, I'm still a little neurotic, like, uh, you know, my, my, my husband, I'm still waiting for his two weeks to kind of go. Um, so I, I have some people who are like, Hey, we should get together for this. And I'm avoiding it. So as much as possible, I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, I don't really know. So, I mean, I'm still nervous about getting together with people socially. Um, and, and I'm still very avid about masks. Even when I go out, you know, I'm making sure that I have, I, some of my friends are like, Oh, they're, they're going to go catch a baseball game or they're going to go, go to some of these bigger social things. But it, it, it's changed my behavior. I mean, I'm still not very comfortable with this whole, you know, social gathering thing and, and variants have been a concern of mine as well. So, so, I mean, I, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how we need to do it. Cause I still have people in my pod, but I'm, but I, I mean, I do, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been asking like, so how, how is your status? Like, have you gotten through number two yet? Or <laughs> yeah, did, are, 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 are you team Moderna? Are you team Pfizer? Or did you go with the Johnson solution? So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, and I'm still nervous if people travel, I'm still doing that like mental check. It's like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you just came back from Arizona. Like the, I, I'm going to wait 14 days to see if anything happens, but I, I, I still have not gone to like a double vaccinated party yet. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been to parties yet, but I do. Yeah. But, but okay, so in terms of sociability, are you like, let's go out for dinner or are you still, are you, are you spending most of your days in front of your computer screen on the weekends also? 
Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just reading up on tech news, seeing I, I, what's going on. I, uh, I I I'm pretty good. I mean, I I I've, I've made a habit of like staying in contact with my. Fa- I mean, I call them regularly. Um, we don't do we don't do as much. I, I know the games thing was really big, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not virtual games type of person. Um, and, and with my team members, we have a standing happy hour every Wednesday and it, and it started off big. And I don't know if this has happened to, to your team, but it's kind of gotten down to like three or four of us, but it's a half hour once a week. And I think that that has been good for, for team building. Cause we, we get together and just sort of chit chat for half an hour and then, and then we all have to split and go for dinner. That's been okay. But, but really we're still very much isolated. I mean, I, I talked to my neighbors over the fence and, and that's about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're still very much being isolated. Yeah. So, okay. If you're isolated and in front of your computer screen all the time, tell me what's new in the world of, <laughs> computer screens and what, what's going on if you've got to be you've got to be some kind of junkie for some kind of feed of sorts what's like what's going on with um are you like are you doing these social media things like clubhouse or any like i hear about it and i think we've mentioned it before and i know lots of people who are in a similar position to me of not necessarily you know um about being similarly isolated uh, have been going on Clubhouse, but then I was also told you don't do that unless you are a Gen Z person <laughs> and you live, and you have a TikTok account. So I, what do you? Yeah, what's going on? So, so for those of you that don't know, um, there's a there's sort of a new. I, I say it's new. It's it's not really new, but but so there, there there's a new social media platform out there called called Clubhouse. And the best way I can put it is, is it's sort of like a glorified conference call. Uh, people can join in and you can listen to people talk. Um, it, and, and I wouldn't liken it to a podcast because it's very temporary and it, and it goes away. Um, and, and currently it's only available on the iOS, which is to the frustration of a lot of the Android users. And it has been by invite only. Uh, for those people that sort of initially got on it, it's kind of boring. Um, you know, you kind of join these rooms and you have two people who, who are kind of chatting. And then if you're managing a room in Clubhouse, you can invite other, uh, you know, other people to the stage to, to, to sort of talk. Um, but it's seen some, some, some traction. Um, we've seen uh, Mr. Musk, our, 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 our favorite crazy uncle, you know, you know get on there. Um, we've also seen Zuckerberg get on there and, and, and a couple other folks. And in it, it's it's interesting. It's a very interesting medium to do sort of a sort of an audio only format. But I I mean, you know, people like podcasts and they like the audio only sort of experience of that. But seeing this from sort of a social media platform, um, I thought it was interesting that that uh, there was sort of a, a uptick and and even uh, you know Putin joined on on there on Clubhouse. No. I guess yeah yeah there yeah there, there was a bit of an article on that. Um, so it's it's sort of seeing this sort of appeal, but. In very much in a in a in a competitive uh, sort of social media market, we're seeing Clubhouse clones. Um, so so we, we are seeing a lot of the a lot of the big social media companies start to replicate this and want to put it out there. And I mean, very much like you know like like TikTok and others, you see sort of these stories or these very sort of uh, temporal um, things where it's like I'm going to put a video out, and if you don't catch it, it goes away. Um, and you see that in Instagram where they sort of replicated that TikTok sort of feature of like, I'm going to post a story and, and, and it's just me doing something funny, but it only lasts for a couple hours and goes, so you have to sort of stay on top of it. Um, so the, the, the social media giants have gotten really good at cloning these features. Uh, but, but with that social media took some big hits over these last couple of weeks. Um, Clubhouse had, had a data leak of 1.3 million users, no, no. Um, um, which which does not sit well with, um, you know, it, it never sits well with social media companies, but Clubhouse being new and young to the scene, um, this doesn't bode well. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you know, uh, many people probably saw a story about, about Facebook, 500 million, but they sort of shrugged it off. They're like, yeah, right. we leak data every couple of years. It's not that yeah, big that, of a deal. That, so, that in a nickel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, and of course, Zuckerberg sort of took credit, but not really. Um, it, you know, you'll say, 
hey, it was our it, it was our fault and our responsibility. So um, we're, we're just going to have to see, you know, uh, if Clubhouse is going to have sticking power. Um, I, just my my exposure to it was to me it was boring. It was not it was not interesting to me. Um, but I I have heard from some other communities that. Um, particularly countries that have very strong social media filtering and they don't let a lot through, um, Clubhouse is getting through. And so and so some of these communities that do not have access to the Facebook or Twitter where um, you know their their government you know sort of restricts that, um, we are now seeing some of those rooms sort of develop and, and so, so so we're seeing sort of the international conversations being housed side of it. Um, but as a technologist that has seen this many times before, usually oh, it's only a matter of time before these governments with very strong, very restrictive uh, measures that they take against these social media platforms will figure out how to filter it and, and, and will block it. But um, it's just interesting. Um, it, I believe, I believe it's still by invite only. Um, you, you know, if you know someone, usually they, they can get you on board. And um, I, I usually with, with platforms like this, they are invite only. They try to build intrigue and they try to have a very limited. Um, like how Facebook started. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and you sort of see this, the, they, they sort of invite some of these big figures to it. And and then later on, and, and, and this is a very important aspect of what these companies need to do, is they have to figure out a way to monetize it. So mm-hmm. you can build a fantastic platform, but ultimately, right. how do you make money? And, right, right. and sometimes that's influencers that that can sort of bring the products into the stream. Um, but you know, the, the ones that have staying power are the ones that figure out very early on. How am I going to get an algorithm that brings products forward that are interesting? How do I how do I bring videos that are interesting to my viewers? And TikTok has mastered it. Um, if if you're on TikTok for for any length of time, they bring you very curated videos to your attention that people really really enjoy. I'm on Instagram. I hate myself because of it, but um, um, like, like, like. Don't d- say that. I, I'm not on Instagram. I, yeah, no, no. I, I hate myself because I, I, I Instagram and and you, and you and I have chatted about it. There's things about the algorithm that it gets right, and one of them is my buying habits. So, Instagram will, and and it gets something wrong. Um, but Instagram knows I really love vests because I wear a lot of vests. It knows I like pens. It knows I like technology. It knows I yeah. like gizmos and design. It loves all that. So yeah. it really markets me. I bought more stuff because of Instagram during the pandemic because that thing is honed in. So it's like, it's very interesting how the algorithm works, uh, but the marketing is very effective because I, I have bought a lot of stuff from them. Well, I'm glad. I hope you get the really, um... <laughs> The very targeted ads that they're sending you for that, that, but hey, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it's doing its job. I've purchased very very little, um, besides groceries over this. I keep saying I don't need anything. I've I've become much more Spartan in how I felt about the way I live. I purchased some artwork, and yeah. uh, uh, food. That's it. And yeah. most of the food is just for me to cook. Uh, and I think it's getting old now. I think I'm ready to. I don't know. I need something something different because. <laughs> Uh, like a holodeck. I need a holodeck in, in my place. <laughs> Not a hololens, a holodeck. Um, <laughs> just to reference the Star Trek, uh, or maybe a danger room from, from X-Men. Well, it, it, and it's funny, a friend of mine kind of experimented with it, and she said it starts marketing a lot of these things to her. So she's actually done some experiments to sort of look at how the algorithm um, reacts to different choices and things that you're doing. So it, it's interesting on how it works and we're and, and, and these companies are not are not really saying how how sort of it how, how it derives um, some of these yeah. search results. but a lot of people, and this was a big story last year, uh, people thought it was listening in because people right, would say right 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 would well, say some of it to be fair, some of it would be nothing related to a search. In mm-hmm. uh, search history, and then there would be on one of my social media feeds something that came in related to the conversation I just had. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there was the capacity for it to be listened in on that wasn't shared with anybody other than advertisers, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that was enough to make me very paranoid because yeah. it's weird because sometimes you're like, wait, I didn't mention that in that context. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of a band. Yeah. You know, is it? But it is it is it is really weird. So okay, we've got we always talk about social media, but 
There's something interesting that I saw this week that affects the things that you would be ordering online and shopping. Like we have a problem with like there's a there's a chip shortage now. Is that correct? Yeah. There, so so this, so this was a big story uh, this week. So so Biden met with a lot of the industry experts, um, sort of around. Uh, the shortage of of uh, of chips uh, and a variety of other sort of semiconductors and, and other hardware and and the reason that that this is important was um, we saw some manufacturers last year who said you know uh, we don't need as as much chips as we thought we were going to use um, and so they're sort of slow down in buying and then of course you know we had some complications with logistics and and and, and issues with China and. So with that, um, you know, we, we saw some supply chain issues, and last year we saw supply chain issues with ordering laptops and getting webcams and those type of things. So, so, so a lot of logistics stuff has, has been talked about, um, but over these past couple of months, it, it has become we've become painfully aware that there is a massive chip in semiconductor shortage. And this is having a lot of downstream impacts to, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, then that's computers. Um, well, yeah, computers have a lot of chips in it, but that's also very significant for auto manufacturers. So sure. we, we're seeing major uh, companies like like a Ford Motor Company who says, if we don't have the chips, we can't build the cars. And so they shut down manufacturing because they can't do it. And, and, and our cars have massive, very complex technology inside of them, right, right, and, right, right. And, and and even more so because we're because we're because we're asking from our cars to have an, you know you know intelligent cruise control. Yeah. We're asking them to yeah, have a lot yeah. of good and, and very important technology that keeps us very safe on the road. And so, uh, 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 President Biden met with the industry. He he was talking about um, you know federal aid um, to to try to help these industries. And you know, and and the other impacts. This isn't just for for automotive. This is also for networking equipment. Um, we, you know, there's routers and switches. So so this is the technology that makes the internet work and makes our networking uh, possible. Um, you know, for our companies and our internet and everything else like that. And and when that when those new products aren't being produced and put out there, um, when old stuff you know has problems and needs to be replaced. Um, uh, if there's a shortage of chips and new stuff isn't coming in, there's supply and demand. So, so we can also see some some increases in cost, and in in even small things, it's like if uh, you know a, a lot of us that uh, when the PlayStation Five came out, there was a lot of interest and demand. People are at home and they and they want to play video games. Uh, they were not able to get the PS Fives because they can't produce them because there isn't enough microchips. And then we could also see this in in phones. So because we we always expect a new phone and a big phone launch every year. And the shortage of these uh, of these chips is going to impact phones being rolled out. So um, it, it's interesting. It's sparking a lot of interesting conversation in the industry about the supply chain. Um, I think I think part of it is is you know can we repair some relationships? Can we ramp up production? You know that that of course is a part of the conversation. Um, can we drive down costs of some of these uh, uh, chips to make them uh, you know more accessible to people? I think there's there's some conversation. There's also renewed conversation about should the United States be producing some of these chips? Um, you know, within the country. Um, so a lot of big conversations are, are sort of occurring around this around this place. But um, I, I haven't seen a, a clear definitive path yet. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, you know, simply our, our foreign partners will be able to ramp up to be able to meet this demand. Because even sure. if we want if we even if we wanted to build a factory in the United States yeah. and get it up and operational, we're not going to meet the current demand for what for what we need. So we really need those those foreign partners to 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 build those chips, um, you know, you know, companies like Apple, um, you know, who started actually making their own silicone, you know, building their own processors, um, really are kings of logistics and making sure they have backups and really controlling their supply chain. So some of them may come out of the gate uh, better because uh, they may be able to say, hey, you know, that phone over there, you can't get it because they because they don't have enough chips to be able to build it. But Apple, we can because our supply chain may be a little bit stronger. So we're going to see some interesting stuff and possibly some investments in other countries who are saying you're having issues over here, but maybe I can be able to do it. So so yeah, it's it's definitely sort of dominated the news cycle this week about about the shortage of chips and and for the first time, people that don't know a lot about technology are talking about so, well, chips it's affecting our lives. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. And, it's, and it's across the news. Well, admittedly, I don't know much about technology, and the reason why I'm talking about chips is because of you. <laughs> um, but 
But it, no, it, it is good to think about because, you know, it's so easy to get lost in the, the latest flavor of the week. And we have kind of been one note with what the news stories have been. It's either been some kind of, of, of terrible act or protest or violence um, against an individual or a group, or you get um, COVID. Mm. And it's, it, it, one of the things I like about chatting with you is to remember that there's there's a lot of movement still going on. Certainly technology is one of those spaces where you see a lot of, of innovation constantly. Like that didn't stop. Mm. Uh, and, and, and so it's nice to be reminded that it didn't stop. Uh, what else is going on with, with notable technology updates this, <laughs> this last week? Well, a, a long fought battle um, uh, with with two big companies, um, Oracle and Google. They, they have been fighting a 11 year battle between each other. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, and we saw a Supreme Court ruling come out. And um, on on Monday, there there was there was a lot of conversation around um, the formal opinion from the Supreme Court on on this issue. So uh, because this has been eleven you know years in the making, I'm I'm going to try to take this 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 court case and sort of break it down and and and, and tell you why it's important. So. Um, Oracle, which is a very big company uh, here in the United States, um, and you know, we, we saw a little bit about them because th- their CEO was 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 sort of involved with with, with uh, former President Trump's campaign. He was a big supporter of him, so uh, their CEO Larry Ellison was was sort of a he sort of popped up on the radar screen, um, and and people started seeing Oracle. If you ever, if you saw, I think it was Iron Man two, um, you actually see a cameo from Larry Ellison. Uh, That's but funny. yeah, yeah. Um, and in Oracle is is a company that that builds a lot of software. They also are known for their databases. So a lot of you kind of have your you know applications in the back end are usually is running on uh, a, a lot of applications run on the back end of an Oracle database. So very large company, uh, you know, a company that that does a lot in the enterprise space. Um, and then you also in their lawsuit was with 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 Google. Um, and so what happened was uh, about it was about about nine years ago, about nine, nine, 11 years ago, Google bought a company called Sun and Sun Microsystems. Uh-huh. I remember them. Yeah, I remember them. And so and so Sun Microsystems um, had a, you know, was was involved with hardware and was also involved with a with a with with a with a programming language called Java. And yeah. um, and so when Oracle bought them, they bought the hardware side, which which was very good for Oracle because they wanted to get into the hardware space. Um, and then they also bought uh, the intellectual property around Java. And and for those of you that that don't know, um, Java um, was a big part was was a big part of the internet was 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 a part of uh, what a lot of us learned how to program on, um, and still is it's still around, um, but uh, quite quite famously, um, you know you know we were told by the CEO of Sun in in a couple of interviews that. Oracle was very excited to to acquire the intellectual property of Java. Um, so so after Oracle bought Sun and they and they acquired Java, um, a because of a lot of companies and, and Google was one of them was using uh, was was copying and using components of Java um, as a part of their uh, as a part of their API. And so, and so, what an API is is it's called an application programming interface, and, and and the internet and applications use this everywhere. And so, so, so APIs are a way that you can sort of app, software can talk to software. That's what APIs do, and in 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 and a lot of companies publish these APIs so that things can talk to each other. So, um, like I have software that if I schedule an appointment in one space, it puts the appointment in the other, or when I post to social media. Through APIs, I can actually post to multiple platforms. So this is a very common tool that's out there. So um, Google was using this API for their Android operating system. This was about seven years ago. And um, Oracle sued them and said, we have a right to copyright and this is our intellectual property. And this sparked 
a big, big deal in the land of technology because mm. um, for those of us that in, 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 and for those of us that are that believe in a free and open internet and, and we rely on these APIs to make a lot of things work, this idea of this copyright um, really became very concerning. And so um, it went to the courts. And in, in in what's really difficult about cases like this is this is highly, highly technical information. And it's very, already it sounds technical. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very technical, and there's a lot of minutia to it. And these are, and, and and sometimes juries don't care. It's like Google and Oracle. You guys are two big wealthy companies. Who you know who cares? Right. But as a technologist, I care about the outcome of this. And so, um, and and for juries and for judges to to weigh in on a case like this. Um, it's very, very difficult for them. And so um, as a sort of flowed through, and I and, and, and I was sort of following this story, um, there was a judge that actually learned how to program in Java as a part of trying to understand this case. And so um, we saw it sort of flow through the courts. And at one point, we saw a ruling um, um, from, from one of the courts that said, Oracle's right, Google, you you need to pay them. And then they appealed, it went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court kicked it back and said, no, 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 it, you know, it needs to go back down. And so um, it went back down into the federal courts and, and, and they started working on it and then it got kicked up to the Supreme Court and then the Supreme Court did hear the case and um, ended up that we actually got, a, 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 in my opinion, a very good ruling that they said, um, it seems sort of like a punt, but but I, I I'm they, they said, you know, this this really isn't a copyright issue. This is fair use, and um, and 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 what I thought was what was very impressive about this was if you if you actually look at some of the opinions, um, one of the justices actually says, you know, this is a very complicated case, and if you look, I'm going to try to break this down in, in layman's terms uh, so that you can understand it. And so, by this by being called a fair use case. Um, and, and there is precedent. We, we saw this with search engines where, where, where there was some lawsuits that, uh, that got kicked up to the Supreme Court um, and through other courts where, where they were like, hey, you know, my, my intellectual property is on the search engine. Is there a case here? And, and, and the Supreme Court said, you know, for the Internet to work search engines need to exist. And so their, their ruling was very was very fair. So this was a very positive item. Um, I really enjoyed reading the opinion by the judges. And, and I, I think it's a testament to them doing research or having good aides and good people who are helping them uh, to really make a, a really good ruling on this. Of course, Oracle came out and they were like, this is a horrible injustice and we can't really believe this. But, uh, but keep in mind, this case has been going on for a very long time. Um, there was no question about Google copied um, some Java code, but that was in an, that that was in a version of Android that was seven years ago. There wasn't okay. a big financial component, um, you okay. know, a, a big financial. So the damages Oracle. were different. Okay. Yeah. So how does this change your life? Um, I, I think what 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 it says to me is that um, again, for me to be, I support APIs. I think APIs make software work. These are critical cogs and gears that make systems talk to systems. Um, the 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 idea of of seeing these really hard copyrights or or them sort of controlling this, um, I, I think could prevent the growth and could prevent innovation. And mm, so okay. and, and so I think that the Supreme Court them weighing in on this the way that they did, um, very similar to search engines, was saying, we need APIs to make our technology work and we need APIs to continue to have innovation. Um, not every company has open APIs, but a lot of us depend on them to be able to make our software work effectively. So so I thought it was a very good ruling. And and how it affects me on my daily life is my software will continue to work and I, and, and, uh, and I continue to uh, be innovative in this space for sure. <laughs> Oh, perfect. And, you know, just to round things out for, for our morning brunch here, um, I, I could see in the in the philosophy of this, of, of having kind of a, a shared platform around technology. Um, I mean, that's why podcasts are podcasts. It, right. It's, it's why, why we're able to have those kinds of conversations. So you've just converted me. <laughs> I now care about things I didn't care about as much before, but I appreciate that. And I, I think that um, I have a more informed a more important point of view. So do you have any advice for our listening audience for the week? You know, I, I, uh, I, I do. Um, I, I actually had a, I have a small story. I, I had a, I had a 
I had a coworker reach out to me and uh, was was very frustrated about you know a number of things kind of going on at at work, and um, and, and they're also in this in this technology space and 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 they and they just said uh, you know I'm I'm working with people who are just not willing to change or they don't they, they don't have a lot of deep technical skills and 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 I'm and I'm trying to explain these things to them and and I just don't know what to do and. And he was like, and he was asking me, he's like, he's like, Matt, how do you, how do you approach this? And I think my, my advice is, is like, be really patient. And I think on this, on this podcast, um, you know, I, I think we, we, we joke around and we have fun on some of this stuff, but this stuff is hard and it's complicated. And, and, and I, and I shared with him, I'm like, I'm like, you know, both you and I have lots of time and years in, in these different subjects. And, and it is very technical. It's hard for people to kind of understand how to do this kind of stuff. And we're still learning. And I'm still not, I'm still, I'm yeah. not a pro in law. I'm not a, I, I, yeah. I am, you know, there's a lot of really great experts. So, so I, I think my advice is have patience with people this week. And, 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 and when we get into some of these topics, it's like, I know it, there's lots of experts on lots of different subjects. It's like, take your time because sometimes it takes a little while for some of this stuff to sink in. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, patience, virtue, use it. Well, <laughs> thanks so much for the advice, Matt. And my advice is the same advice we have every week is go eat some brunch and then change the world. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Sunday Brunch. Before we go, show some love to our podcast by leaving us a review. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out our website at sundaybrunchpodcast.org. You can also reach out to the podcast via email at thesundaybrunchpod at gmail.com. That email address again is thesundaybrunchpod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, and this is for U.S. callers only, at area code 970-627-7445. Again, that phone number is 970-627-7445. Thanks again, and we hope you will join us next week.